Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to. I'll, I'll, I'll level with you guys. All right. First of all, so that I know which episode to edit because I've been having a hell of a time trying to keep track of all the audio. Welcome to the worst idea of all time, where Guy and Timbo have just watched Emmanuel's Secret. The uh, I think slightly out of order because this this was there was a lot of finality to this film. This was the final installment in the. We nailed it. Seven apiece. Um, oh, wait, George fuck. Lazenby and Sylvia Christel sit side by side and swap horny anecdotes for a what's seven times that means we haven't nailed it. That's eh? right. Oh, There's probably got it. some still back oh, there. Oh, I see. I but, see. We but, fucked um, up. Anyway, this is the final one in the installment. We didn't think the order was important, but they have got a final one. Uh, yeah, none of the none of the order has been important until now, until this one. This is like, uh, but I just want to tell people what was happening before I hit. It's record. like when a sitcom does a flashback episode. Instead of writing a new episode, they just remind you that they've been good before. Um, this was. Oh, is that the rain I can hear on mic? Cool. Can you hear it on mic, or are you hearing it through your headphones in real life? It would be nice for the listener if the. I mean, people listen to rain sounds when they go to sleep. Now. I definitely think it's through the microphone. Well, well I hope just, people are. You hear that through the mic? I can't tell if I'm hearing it through my headphones or just mm, out in the tricky. world. Um, I played because this, this, um, all of these movies have this to an extent, but this movie was such a, a, a punch to the solar plexus of energy reserves that I needed a little pump up track to get in the vibe. And so I, I chucked on I'm Coming Out by Diana Ross because I fucking love that track. Yeah, man. Good on Shit, you. Shit, it's good. It's, it's, it is one of the all-time greats. Yeah, it really does amp you up. To get psyched up, I took um, an antibiotic to <laughs> to help counter my sty that is developing in my left eye, which sadly does not impede my vision to the point of not watching all of this movie. <laughs> one thing that stood out to me, Tim, is I drove to, to your house at uh, 9.45 a.m. on a Tuesday morning um, was that, I can't wait to see my friend Tim. And then at about 10.05 a.m. as we sat down to a breakfast of... 
It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Emmanuel's secret was that um, there's a big difference, I think, between Friday mm-hmm. after midnight, mm-hmm. you're 13 years old, yeah. desperate for a glimpse at a nipple, mm-hmm. and Tuesday morning mm-hmm. at 10.05 a.m. <laughs> when you're 32 years old. <laughs> And you're just sitting down to this like it's a plate of fucking eggs on toast or whatever. Yeah. It is decidedly dire. Yeah. I mean, the first thing you said as soon as the movie, as soon as we saw our first glimpse of nudity, the first thing you said was, I'm in no mood for this. (laughs) With a sort of finality and defiance of of a man who was not mentally prepared to spend one hour and 18 minutes in the company of two senile um, former leading men and ladies as they just like rile and rack each other up on a, a long haul flight. Yeah. It's, a, I, but I, you know what? Fuck that shit, man. Because that's just, um, that's us getting, uh, but that's just how you feel. Not complacent. What's the word? We need to insert a little gratitude into the pod, you know? Hey, what could be better than spending Tuesday morning with my main man, Guy Montgomery, and whacking on a bit of titties? You know? Chick, chucking whacking on, on a-, a bit of titties is not a good <laughs> turn of phrase. I'm, try- I'm trying to fucking generate a bit of energy. Come with me on this. And don't dive into come with me either. Okay. <laughs> Let's just leave the low-hanging fruit where they are. I don't know if that one is also a double entendre, but it feels like it could be fairly easily. No, the only low hanging uh, fruit around here are my saggy balls. Oh, okay. <laughs> if only the podcast could capture the smug look that guy had for one half of a second on his face after delivering for that. For one quarter of a joke. Um, so, so what? So I can't you be mean bothered to tell me you about this? this one. Well, let's talk about it structurally. So this movie, well, I, I want to analyze it kind of in a, in a slightly financial way. Kind of clever in some ways. So much like Adam Sandler did a deal to make seven Netflix movies, but he actually went and did it. The Emmanuel guy, I've forgotten the director's name. I've forgotten. You just continue Doesn't matter. (laughs) He uh, signed up to do seven of these semi-canonical, made-for-TV French ones. Francois Leroy. Francis Leroy. Yeah, yeah. Frank to us. Yeah. Um, and so what I think Frankie big boy, Frankie big boy. I think Frankie big boy ran out of money. And so all of this one is, well, about 95% of this is constructed in flashback and it's using two, um, setups. One is a Sigmund Freud sort of lookalike and sound alike. Who's a psychoanalyst, um, who George Lazenby points out at the top of the film is, and I quote, He's the most renowned psychoanalyst for females in the world. That's a good George Lazenby. You're getting La- good at him. Lazenby. I've yeah. attributed the quote to you there in my notebooks. You've it just got says Lazenby, Lazenby, circa 93. It's a fucking baller surname. Yeah, it is good. Lazenby, stop daydreaming and do your algebra. One day I'll be Bond. And then in porn. And then you'll see... Yeah, that, um, so the first one is uh, Emmanuel has been in a car crash in Amsterdam. She remembers nothing of this. <laughs> That's kind of a funny thing to insert uh, in a porno, eh? And Let's put suffers- her in a car crash. And the psychoanalyst says, someone ran a red light, probably to impress you. <laughs> yeah, a cab driver ran a red light to impress. The psychoanalyst, the world's most renowned psychoanalyst for females, um, is 
a man to be commended and respected for just how horny and unprofessional he is. Yeah, I don't, I don't we, want to commend him too much. Cause before we even get into it, discussing his performance, yeah. his entire practice needs to be shut down. He, <laughs> they are displaying yes. Emmanuel. This yes. is either at a hospital or at the psychoanalysis. Like at a yeah, so that's the hospital. Small, okay, yeah. The... The surgery that Emmanuel is in is just a what are those rooms, those white rooms that look like they go on forever that they use for photography studios? Oh, you know what I'm called a with studio. The, the wall curves up. Yeah, so it's just a studio, I think. Well, anyway, like with a, a psych. That's what that's called. It's a studio. Yeah, a, a cyclorama is what that's. That's short what for. I was looking for. A cyclorama, and they've just got her lying nude there, and there are about five six nurses and dr sigmund fuck and uh, they're looking at the body and one of the nurses a woman comes over and he's like what's her deal and uh she's just lying there prone and naked and the the nurse says um i don't know i've just been watching her i think she's beautiful and uh it's just not appropriate obviously. i know the so many- i know that it's a different place and there are different people and it's a different culture but that's no good Absolutely, and that's just a setup. And then, uh, it's so simultaneously, what's happening is Emmanuel is caught in a dream where she can't remember who she is, and she wakes up. And George Lazenby says, "Oh, you were dreaming." And oh, yeah. This is so. This is old Emmanuel on yeah, the plane yeah. now. And uh, she says, "Yes, I was." And he says, "You said who is a man?" And this is true to George Lazenby's reputation as one of the great listeners. He says, your dream sounded fascinating. And she said, what? And he said, you said, who is Emmanuel? And he's like, oh. And he goes, I'd love to know more or whatever. And like really eggs her on. Is there something to be said that maybe these films were made accidentally for a female audience and like the real object of everyone's affection is George Lazenby by just being a tremendous listener, which bucks the trend of men traditionally being quite bad at that? Somewhat, yeah. I mean, like, the the one of the lasting things in the the life rafts that has helped pull me through these so far has been admiring the way that Lazenby listens. The it's, stereo- time, it's time for listening with Lazenby. <laughs> if you, you tell want, him a story. If you want to listen well, ask a question. What was the last thing they said? Find a way to turn that around into a question that gives them further opportunity for talking. I'm George Lazenby. Thanks for listening. Thanks for thank, thanking the person. That's another good tip. That's right. Um, I yeah, I think there is something to that. Fuck, I love I love listening with Lazenby. I'm just imagining, you know, very popular audio series, eighteen episodes, uh huh, each twenty minutes, yeah, all with a tip for listening. Eighteen minutes is quite a long runtime. Because now I'm thinking minutes, you're doing eighteen it. episodes, eighteen episodes, twenty minutes. That's hundred and eighty minutes in total. That's uh. Why do I want to say six hours? It's not right. What is it? I don't know. Is it, uh, divide by six. I can't do maths. I figured out before while you were talking that it's a 10.5 hour flight that they're on. So they're flying from, I think, London to Bangkok. We'll see how long that is. And what do you want to know? You want to know 20 times I think it's 18. Three, three it's three hours. 360 divided oh, by 60. Six hours. Six hours. Six hours of listening advice. Do you think you could pull that? Because in my head, you're doing it as George Lazenby. Do you reckon you've got uh, that in you? Yes. Be quite hard to generate as well because I guess it's just like here's really a, get here's, to the stream of here's consciousness. Like, though, here's right? the middle um here's the middle section of every twenty minute episode. Yeah. We're now going to practice listening for ten minutes. 
you're doing well. This is one of the only, I think the second time ever in the history of Worst Idea that I've allowed a big old honk and pause What like was that. the last one? Um, it was, you were doing something in real time. What the fuck was that? You were doing remember. a pause in real time. You were furious. It was like 45 seconds or something. Yeah, you didn't like it. I let you do it, though. Yeah, you did. Well, I'd let you, you know. I, I joined you in you it, did, you but did. I was not happy about it. Yeah. I don't think that's how the permission structure on this podcast works. I don't think either of us can truly stop one another, nor should we, nor no, do we. that's right. So you've got, Emmanuel's got amnesia. She is trying to remember. Young Emmanuel. Young Emmanuel has amnesia. She's trying to remember who she is with the help of Sigmund Fuck. And uh, meanwhile, she's telling this anecdote to George. Old Emmanuel is telling this. Sylvia yeah, is telling this anecdote to George Lazenby. The story of her having amnesia is itself a memory. That yes. is like an amnesiac memory. Yes. It's a bit of a mess. And it pretty much creates permission for a very sloppy sort of overlay of every sexual encounter yeah. that has taken place in this sort of uh, this the seven series canon that was recorded in 1993. Because within the memory, the story of her as a young woman having amnesia, then we have more memories of the previous movies. Yeah. So while she's recovering from her amnesia, Sigmund fuck this keeps being story. Like, Imagine being told this on the plane. How would it work? How do well, you I mean, structure I'm it? Less, I'm less interested in how Lazenby and Sylvia are getting along with her. I'm more interested in how all of the other passengers in first class on this 10-and-a-half-hour flight are tolerating mm. these two like seemingly oblivious people while they just swap tall tales of fucking. Just relentlessly. The only time we see either of them sleep is when Sylvia Christel wakes up from a wet dream and immediately George Lazenby prods her to divulge the details of the dream to him. And so once again, we are entrenched inside of this fuck anecdote. It is exhausting. And the way that the story is told and the way that they've intercut all of the old scenes together, rightfully, you said halfway, or like not even halfway, maybe two-thirds of the way through this film, you said, Tim, who is jerking off to this nonsense? And I couldn't help but think, who is jerking off to this nonsense? They are so caught up in trying to qualify everything. That, like, literally, if anyone was to start, by the time that you approached anything remotely, you know, within the vicinity of an orgasm, you would have been, you would have cut to Lazenby and Sylvia Christel yeah. on the flight explaining the context of what you were masturbating to. Yeah. Which, for some people, probably a tremendous turn on. Yeah, but that, those people are few and far between. That does not represent, I think, the broad swath of humanity. But it's just, it, again, it does circle back to that difference between absorbing these as the intended audience, which is a 13-year-old boy, you know, pirating a, a, a Sky UHF subscription to two thir- early 30-year-old men um, just battling through a Tuesday morning. I do, well, that does make me think, like, should we change to give a better sort of, like, you know, try and meet it on its own terms? something that our friend and film critic Dom Corey is always so big on uh, doing when, when critically analysing films, meeting it on its own home turf. Should we be watching these at night? Some, I think some of them we should be. I do think... I do think... Again, it will be, it will be within this workman-like context. Yeah. I think I've never watched porn for work, you know? And, few people and, have and, very yeah. few people and have. Now, Here's who I can name: film editors who work in the pornography genre, um, censors of a country, the people who give the ratings, 
Um, that's it. That's all as I can name. And us now. And Tim and Guy. Pretty good. I mean, it's certainly something to cross off the old bucket list, isn't it? Um, I just want to talk briefly a little bit more about Young Emmanuel and Sigmund Fuck. Because well, I get, get up on that mic. Well, I said early on in the screening today, I said I actually got quite a fondness for young Emmanuel. I mean, I you We've know both fallen for her. Yeah, with, she is telegenic. She's very telegenic. She, I mean, look, without wanting to be reduced to the sort of, um, I don't, I don't quite know how to articulate this, but you know, the the base level in which most people engage with porn. She's an absolute smoke show. She's she's gorgeous, she and is she really has, gorgeous. until this film. She's actually done surprisingly little boning. She yeah. usually is enabling others to bone and sort of pulling strings from the side. And, and then and then entering the body of someone else yeah, to bone. Like exactly. Her character bones, but it's someone else's and body. I think that's part of the reason why I you know, it, while she is ostensibly the the lead in the series, it's sort of like falling in love with Steve Buscemi and Grown Ups Two, or like any of these secondary coffee guy in Sex in the City Two. Any of these secondary characters, because it's like you're you're not spending so much time with them that you get sick of them. And she's also, I mean, yeah, like I said, done a remarkably little boning. They sort of amend that in this film, and to its own detriment, I think. Yeah. But like while she's trying to. She just displays quite an enjoyable sense of humor while she's trying to solve her amnesia. And Sigmund Fuck is, to his credit, making some progress by like asking her to, to like really actually explore memories instead of shutting them off because it's too challenging for her. He introduces the ink blot test, which has a more the Rorschach, the Rorschach test, and starts showing them to Emmanuel. And she immediately turns this around on him in a classic move. She turns it around on him in the blink of an eye. And this world's World leading psychoanalyst for woman for woman oh, Complete, female, sorry. completely falls for it and so she says I want you to do this and holds mm. up one of the pictures to her and he says um I see uh, how does he talk he's got like a German Werner, Just, Her- Werner what, Herzog kind of what do you think um, Sigmund Freud sounds like a woman with red hair there we go he goes yeah what do you see a woman with red hair and she goes okay what about this one and she says it's another woman with red hair. <laughs> And he goes, she goes, what about this? Another woman with red hair and sweat and saliva dripping from her beautiful mouth. It's almost a count from Sesame Street. <laughs> I see one beautiful woman, <laughs> two beautiful women. And he starts setting himself into this fucking frenzy. Yeah. It's like we see the flash of what he's actually seeing and they're all of these memories that are Emmanuel's or like or alternate between that and just these nude people having sex inside of the um, cyclorama. Is that what you said it is? That's what the background yeah, thing yeah. is called. It's just No, bit, we're in the office at that point. Though. No, but when he flashes back, you know, he keeps... When he sees the red woman, she's in a cyclorama and she's got his, her back to him and then she oh, turns right. and faces the camera. By the way, folks, if you're not familiar with the cyclorama but you have seen The Matrix, it's like... Where oh, all what do they call it? From. The Construct. Oh, man. I haven't seen that movie in in. A, in well, you kind of saw a version of it when we watched one of the Emmanuel films. That's true. But the, they didn't use the same terminology. The AI heavy films. What get. the fuck is that area called where they load all the guns and stuff? This is the... Oh, that's going to kill me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I had... The Matrix, this is like the very specific time period it came out in on both VHS and DVD. Not a lot of movies. That's pretty cool. Did you did you ever have one of those... Um, the Animatrix is the reason why we bought a DVD player in my family. Did you ever have one of those uh, consoles that had both VHS and DVD in it? Nah, man. And you put both in at the same time? What would that do? I just like it would Probably double them. <laughs> then you're watching The Matrix too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Play the sequel. Little crossover technology, bit of fun. This antibiotic. Um, mm. What I didn't know it the you. first time I swallowed it. Oh, Have is you ever it done it's that? trapped in your it's throat? Like, not quite. It's making its way down slowly. But yeah, I get that a lot. I used to get it a lot as a child eating McDonald's French fries. Really? For some weird reason. Yeah, I'd always kind of you get choke too on them excited and you just wolf them down. I guess so. And there's something about the specific consisti- consistency of that where in my mouth I would go, this is soft enough to swallow. So it would get past the initial but test. But they're still like but, wide and they get caught and yeah, yeah, they've, they've got, got just, pointy ends. Well, I would crush out the ends and stuff. It'd be I hadn't chewed it just enough to actually slide on down the esophagus. So they get caught in there. Getting pretty detailed. Sorry. <laughs> um... So, yeah, there's flashback. She solves her amnesia. We return to Sylvia Cristel and lays and be on the plane. Everyone has very patiently listened to these two talk about fucking for hours on end. They're nearly landing in Bangkok. Mm. And all of a sudden, Lazenby oh, yeah. confesses his love for Emmanuel. Well, he does after she gives him the potion. So she's like, hey, listen, you've listened to my stories for 700 hours on this plane ride. I know that you don't fully believe them. So here's the magic potion that makes me young or transform into other women's bodies. Give it a hoon. And he says, okay. So he grabs it, the little vial. He goes to the bathroom and he emerges back as a strapping young 36-year-old Italian for some reason (laughs) and uh, starts saying sweet nothings to Emmanuel and confessing his unbridled and undying love and then um, she does she transform on the plane? No, she wait, she does. Does she? She, she sort of skips the plane. Oh, yeah, she also does. transforms on the plane. And then they're like, 
let's pretend all of the stories we've been telling each other were us. It was always yeah. us. It's us. Which has got a nice, you know, time traveler's wife. I just think I'm just thinking it. of the other passengers in first. I've class. never read that book, by the way. I want to put that out there. I've made huge assumptions about no, what no. that book is. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to tweet at me, I invite you to. Uh, and they just get down to fucking in first class. They fuck on the plane, everyone, in first class. And this is a cool older version of first class where there used to be eight people in there, but like a dining table. There's not a dining table. I'm being... I'm using hyperbole. But it's I that just, big, spacious, old yeah, school, yeah. like everyone's got a cigarette and... But yeah, got yeah. Their feet up. Like it looks so luxurious and and just like a massive waste of space. But surely on first, a plane. first class would, must be better now. No. What, how could it become worse? Because they wanted to pack more people in, so it's like tighter. You can see first class when you like walk onto an international flight because you they for some reason get a sick no, that's thrill. A, that's a good system. out of parading the cattle in front yeah. of them. So they load them on the plane first at the front. And then all us poor people have to grab our six backpacks we've <laughs> managed to remember, sneak past security. I would have spoken about this. I remember we were flying back from America or flying... Were we flying back from America together? We did something and I remember um, walking through first or business class with you on an Air New Zealand flight and saying, oh... It doesn't even look that good. It's yeah, tiny. I remember that. And a guy looked up from his <laughs> newspaper at you and gave you the stinkiest look. <laughs> Gosh. But yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. It is tiny now. Because but they it's all, did the it's math. all constructed so you can lie down. They have done the math. You can still lie down a bit, yeah. But I um, mean, fuck, I, I would love it. I'd love it just once. Have you ever done it? I've flown premium economy. That is the shit, eh? Well, yeah. On Air New Zealand. They know all, what is all, up. They're all better. I've done premium economy, I think, once ever. I think it might have been to LA, and fuck me, it yeah, was nice. It's a bit of a game changer. I've, it's so different from economy. <laughs> I know. It does make going back hard. It's yeah. like, what? You have access to this, and you're treating us like this? Mm. Even though, to be honest, economy on Air New Zealand is still class. Hell yeah. God, I love our national carrier. Yeah, I know, but no more flying for anyone, which is okay. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah! What are, no <laughs> fuck! Two perfectly good legs. I had something. Just oh, okay. Here's what I want to get into, my friend Guy. They briefly. You want to get into me? Tantalizingly, like held out a bit in front of me, which I thought they were going to get into of the Japanese guy who's on the plane. They do inside of all the flashbacks reveal that he was there. He's yeah, as, he's, a, as a as a shadowy figure. He's not overseeing. Just, he's not just there when Emmanuel is initially given the potion. He's there watching on as he is in first class. He's there watching on at all of her sexual breaks or moments. He's like om, omni, omnipotent, omni, omnipresent. Both work. Mm-hmm. Both are saying the same thing. Uh, and they don't really explain it other than like if you're paying attention consecutively enough, you see that he pops up everywhere. So, and then they also reveal because they do some more flashbacks to the temple in Bangkok where Emmanuel first gets the potion and gets the speech from the high monk saying that you will now represent, you this will be high every monk, woman. By the way, yeah, he's a piece of work. After he come, she comes back when she's older with the potion. And she, he articulates to her what's happened. And he says, uh, you chose to follow your heart and your body, but not your mind. You are the incarnation <laughs> of woman. 
So, you know, while they've got, obviously... Cheeky. This this predates Home Alone 3, but this is right up there alongside some of the foremost... Not by heaps. ...feminist texts in cinema. Isn't that wild that this doesn't predate Home Alone 3 by that much? Cause predates Toy Story by two years, brother. Okay. But, uh, Toy Story was 94, wasn't it? 95. Oh, okay. Um, Can I tell you some of the other cinema releases that came out the same time as these seven yeah, Emmanuel you'd, if films? If you'd like to, if you'd like to, you can do that. Jurassic Park. Wow. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Dazed and Confused. I do not put Groundhog Day and Mrs. Doubtfire in the same year in my head. Wayne's all. World 2. Shit. Sleepless in Seattle. Never seen it. The Fugitive. Harrison Ford one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are, this is crazy that all of these things are happening at once. Yeah, it used to be the case that they bring out a whole bunch of movies every year, guy. Philadelphia. They do it every year. Last Action Hero, Free Willy 2. I mean, what a great year for cinema. Yeah, put that up. I feel like we're diverging too much now. Beethoven's <laughs> second. All right. A sequel to the popular Beethoven film, yeah. where a St. Bernard is called Beethoven. That's the premise, eh? There's a dog <laughs> and it's called Beethoven. Okay. Works for me. Um, I mean, Earbud, that's a movie about a dog. You know what's going on, because the dog's got to play basketball, and the actual main character is the lack of a rule stopping him do it. <laughs> I've not seen any of the Earbud films. Got... In the same way that Legally Blonde is a great pretense for people who want to get into law, like pretense, pretext, I guess. A movie for people who want to get into law later on in life. I think people who want to find loopholes, maybe like currency traders, should all watch Earbud. People who want to get into dog ownership, basketball, or currency trading yeah. have to watch Earbud. Exactly. It's people, all about arbitrage opportunities. And people who want to get into porn have to watch their mother's birth video. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Man alive. Curveball. Curveball from Monty. Can a fella have some fun? Oh, you sure can. Border Patrol! I, no, 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 Inspector! hold on. No, just Border fucking... Inspector! No, fuck up for a second, man. I still want to talk about the God figure. So this Japanese guy who's on the plane, and he's like, he's there at the temple, and then he's there during all of these memories. And I've noticed a couple times in the um, previous made-for-TV movies, there's like a shot that would just linger on him. And you're like, oh, what the fuck are they trying to tell us about this this guy like what's his deal i reckon it's god and i'm so good i think there's a cut of this movie probably where they get more into it and and whoever edited this was like dude there's so much going on already do we need like a god figure here i think that's what this movie needed more exposition i would have loved it personally i'm a i'm i'm a sucker for that kind of stuff man i would love for there to be this shadowy figure that is revealed and he's like kind of popped up in the background of lots of these movies and he's he's revealed to be the ultimate puppet master he's revealed to be a part of the he's sort of part of the i don't know what you call a collective of monks a monastery yeah it doesn't really seem like a monastery, but he seems to be part of the monastery where Emmanuel has bestowed the potion. And then so it's almost as though he's just, pol- he's not policing, but he's just like inspecting her application of this potion at every turn. Also, I think it's worth mentioning that um, when she gets given the potion, that was the slyest shit I've ever seen. My dog just came in, and then when I got up to close the door, that it had just opened, it stole my seat. 
Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, your dog is a little cheek, man. <laughs> yeah, he is. It does, motherfucker. It does. It's worth mentioning that young Emmanuel and the monk fuck in the temple because he uses the potion on himself. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course he wants to get out. <laughs> Rufus has um, many of the physical attributes of a dog, but some of the mental characteristics of a cat. He's a great mascot. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He's a great mascot for Little Empire podcast because he's the only through line <laughs> in all the podcasts. In the studio shows. Yeah, he loves to come inside. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he's inside, he's got a real rum tum tugger vibe. <laughs> he does indeed. Um, so they fuck in the temple, which I don't know if that's kosh, but they're both young and hot, so fair play to them, yeah, I guess. Yeah, all power to them. Speaking of... The young Emmanuel, young I've told you about this. She's a Venezuelan model. I want to know what else she did. I want to know if you got a bone up! No, I didn't. Very did well. Did you? Uh, no. In fact, this would be... The furthest? If it's possible. Yeah. Literally, they didn't give you the that there wasn't. Do you know what infuriates me about this skin flick? They didn't even give me the opportunity to achieve and maintain an erection. Yeah, you're right about that. Like at the best of times during this franchise, they're pretty scatty. But in this one, it was like, can we stay also, in anything they for a also half a beat? flashback through all of the sex scenes in this film? Which is, I think you're right. They were tight on budget, but it included the horrific band orgy. Uh, with all the food play and oh, the mate. disgusting fucking, banana scene. No, that, it was the fucking um, uh, strawberry dessert that she brings out. Oh, that yeah. glossy strawberry dessert. What is that? It's like got a got like a gelatin membrane like on the top of it. Looks like it's a 1980s microwave cookbook. That is exactly what it looks like. But that's fine by my books. The banana really kills me. Yeah, it's because the banana's being eaten right next to an ass, and like I said. Nothing wrong with the banana, nothing wrong with eating ass, but for some reason when you merge the two together, it's like it becomes yep. a very grisly affair. Banana stains. Does it? Yeah, banana stains. I and didn't it's know just that. like it's a nasty texture. It's fine in a smoothie. I'll yeah. have them when I need them, but I do you not eat, want to. You it eat a lot of banana. This surprises me. I would have thought you were exceptionally pro banana. I'm pro banana. On the street. <laughs> In the kitchen, not in the sheets. Have as many bananas as you want, but do not bring a banana near my or anyone's genitalia. I don't want bananas in the bedroom. Pro banana on the streets, anti banana between the sheets, and that is my campaign for the mayoralty of Auckland. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else we need to cover off? No boners. I hated this one, man. I hate this movie. Yeah, I do, want... do I? Is that true? Yeah, it is. I, I just wish. I, w- they, I think they missed the trick not getting into the Japanese god figure. I think it would have been a cool angle. Yeah, look, it was not a good film. It was the last in a series yeah, look, of look, it was not a good film. I'm very excited to, for the Americans to get their hands on this franchise. I'm not. And to Americanize. I think we put too much stock in it. It's still going to be tough watching, but like I'm tired. I mean, last episode, I feel like I was saying I quite like the plane construct. I like that they've created a through line, like a, 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 a loose scaffolding. Mm. Some Just, of the lighting in this one was good, though. It reminded me of a Coke ad from yeah, yesterday. Yeah, you said that. Uh, Soft lighting. So I, I, I enjoyed that. I on the pi- on the podcast, though. Yeah. You see. I liked it. I liked the device until this movie, and then I was like, I was tired of it. I want to see them in space. I want to see Americans hamming it up. And I want to see a boner. Oh, yuck. <laughs> I don't like how you delivered that. 
Yeah, I was swallowing my um, antibiotic oh, okay. still. Uh, I want to see a boner, and I want to see... Um, what, is that? what is it I want to see? Oh, no, I was just going to say... Um, I just want to see a better understanding of angles and physics when it comes to the sex scenes. I'm tired of seeing <laughs> someone slam a woman's pelvic region into their belly button and everyone pretending like there's a penis and a vagina. I don't think you're in for any kind of a corrective time. I think it's going to just stay the same. The idea of filming those scenes is very challenging to me. Can you imagine pretending to have sex while you slam someone's pelvis yeah. into your torso yeah. and your flaccid penis just hangs loose between your legs? It'd be difficult. But it's nothing erotic about it. No, there really, there really isn't. It's quite a like it's a physical performance akin to if you were doing some sort of um, low grade gymnastics. But then you have to fake that you're having an orgasmic amount of pleasure while doing it for the cam. I don't feel like we've seen anyone orgasm. Not in real life, but not in the film either. I feel like they get. Mm. I feel like everyone's sort of just working no, themselves up and true. just never release. I don't think that's true. I think people orgasm. Well. Yeah, there's not a lot of focus on it, though, is there? No. Well, it's not that... Oh, Rufus, what are you doing? <laughs> He's too fat. He's trying to jump up on the arm um, of the chair. Look, He's going to go for a third go. You can do it. I believe in you, Rufus. Do it. Give it a go. Come on, fatty. Do it. Yeah, boy. Oh, he went for the easy option. Anyway, don't worry about him. He's all good. Isn't it funny that wet dog smells mm-hmm. like a wet blazer? Wet blazer? Yeah, I used to have to wear woolen blazers to school. Oh, that makes sense. And if it rained, it would stink like dog. Because this is like the same. Rufus is here because he's half mini schnauzer. It's like hypoallergenic. Is that the word? Hypoallergenic. Do you know what I was thinking when I went for a run this morning? And he doesn't shed. What? Because I I was wondering if I was going to get a topical steroid for my um sty for my sty, but I I didn't because it's too serious. And uh, I I was thinking how I wished I was into um comedy when the Barry Bonds and baseball steroid scandal was going down, or when Lance Armstrong was getting done for his uh for doping in the Tour de France. Yeah, could say uh, you want to talk about a topical steroid? How about HGH? Gee whiz! How about all these sports cheats? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's all from us. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, man. Is that the episode? What, you got to end on a banger? Yeah, sorry, as you were. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.